podcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to episode 880 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am Jesse Dallimore, joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. So we had a busy Wednesday, and I was telling someone about it, and they said to me, wow, that's a very DC Wednesday. Oh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> because it started with work in the morning, obviously, and then uh, an interview with Robert P. Jones, we we put it on our social media, so it's already out there. It's not going to be a spoiler. You guys don't need to be surprised anyway. It's it's fine. It's going to be dropping next week, and he has a new book that you can pre-order, The Hidden Roots of White Supremacy and the Path to a Shared American Future. He actually gave us a copy to do a giveaway, and we are going to announce how that's going to work. We got to figure shit out. Yeah, well, yeah, so just prepare for that, but if you can't wait and you want to pre-order the book, just... Just pre-ordered the book. We, we also, if you'll remember, interviewed him in September of 2020 on the show, obviously oh. on the show, mm-hmm. um, when he wrote a book called White Too Long, The the Hidden Roots of White Supremacy in, in American Christianity or something like that. It wasn't The Hidden Roots because Hidden Roots is this book, but it was something like that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. White Too Long. <laughs> he it, keeps it, using Hidden Roots. So that's not what he... <laughs> <laughs> That's not what's happening. Well, I don't have notes. I'm just, you know, going off my dumb brain. Yeah, yeah. But it was a fantastic interview that was, go ahead. The legacy. The legacy. Of white supremacy in the America. The hidden roots of the legacy <laughs> of. <laughs> anyway, he he was in studio. It'll also be on YouTube. We would encourage you to watch it there, too. And it is, uh, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. It, it is, it's very interesting. This is one of the reasons why I know I'm way off on a jag here, but. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do what we're doing with the studio and with YouTube because we've interviewed this guy now twice. Mm-hmm. Once was awesome, yeah. But it's so much better when they're right in front of you and you can look them in their eyes, absolutely, and talk to them. Yeah, yeah. And it was just really nice to meet him. He's a very nice guy, very smart, smart guy. Size, yeah, yeah. Um, so it it was great. You guys will will really like it, I think. And then after the interview, we went to a protest. In D.C., there is a um, shelter that the city is trying to implement. There, a sale just went through. It was a vacant dorm for GW, and it's going to George be, Washington University. It's going to be a non-congregate shelter, which means that there's going to be private rooms for adults that have acute medical conditions and mixed gendered families explain what that is i didn't know what this was so typically when someone like a family a mixed gendered family goes to a social worker for example and is looking for a mixed gendered family meaning like a a, a single mom who has a boy and a girl right that that part of it i didn't know what that meant okay yes so because a lot of times you bring go to a shelter and if like you're you're a battered wife and you've got a boy child they'll say yeah we Sorry, it's only females here. We don't it, we don't want to have some of the other um, occupants triggered by having a man or someone who's almost a man. So this this alleviates that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you should have just explained it. <laughs> well, no, but I thought, I, I didn't know the thing I'm dumb about. You, I thought you understood the thing I was dumb about. Yeah, so I didn't. And, <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, this will fill a, an important gap in the services here in D.C. because it is not common to have a mixed gendered family shelter non-congregate shelter where yeah. you don't ha- where you have to tell people okay we can send you the- to this shelter but we have to split your family up because it needs to be based on gender and how nice is it to be able to say we have a place we can send you with your family yeah and across the street from this place is um high dollar a bunch of fucking rich people who are pooling their resources and funding a lawsuit that is costing them 20,000 dollars per month and they are they are in action to stop this from happening mm-hmm. because oh i got the vapors <laughs> I, I can't believe they're gonna put homeless people across the street yeah so yeah it is not ideal and it is disappointing so we went out and showed support for the new facility we showed support for the fellow yimbies that showed up against the nimbies and then we finished off our dc day yes by rushing home to watch the debate that we're getting ready to talk about and take notes and i don't know if you guys watched it don't know if you tortured yourself but it was very frustrating and yeah Frankly, I missed a lot of it, a lot of what was said, because I spent most of my time mocking the candidates as they spoke, and they were talking over each other, interrupting each other. There was a lot of drama, and apparently that's what people want to see. The audience loved it. The audience loved it. They particularly loved Vivek Ramaswamy, and he, in one post-debate analysis where they sit down with a group of people and they ask them their opinions about the the debate. He was the favorite among Republicans. Yeah, I bet. And I saw a lot of commentary on Twitter. We don't call it X in this household. That he was the winner of the debate. I still haven't updated my app. So I still have the Twitter, the the bird as my uh, app logo. Oh, you can prevent that from happening? Yeah, you have your your updates set to automatic. Mm. I don't. Mm. I, so I went in last night, and there were like 95 updates. This is going to be my role in the show today, is just fucking taking us off on a journey <laughs> other than what we're supposed to be talking about. Perfect. And so I went through the 95, and I, I found Twitter, and I clicked update on every single one except for Twitter, because fuck that guy. <laughs> That's a lot of effort. Seems like you're... Causing a problem for yourself in order to punish Elon Musk when you're not really punishing him. But we'll talk about that later. It makes me feel good, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me also say this before we move into the... And this is on topic. This isn't going to be normal debate analysis. Who won? Who got the... Like, usually we track the time speaking and how fair or non-fair or whatever it was. This is really just going to be highlighting the disarray of the Republican Party, the lack of ideas, the... The, the mad scramble to please Donald Trump enough to have him pick you to be his VP, yeah. which is really what the, the evening was, with the exception of like two or three moments. Yeah. So we're going to spend some time, I guess, up front talking about the drama a little bit. No, no. The- what, what happened on, on, on Twitter, not X? I don't remember anymore. 
And that's what happens when you interrupt me. I am the worst. Indeed. Indeed. So Vivek Ramaswamy is a an entrepreneur. He has a rags to riches story that he loves to tell. He says that he uh, wasn't given anything. And unlike Donald Trump, even though he loves Donald Trump and only praises Donald Trump, this is like the one area where he tries to distinguish himself from Donald Trump. He will say that he did not get any money or handouts in order to start his multi-million dollar companies that he built from the ground up on his own with his own hard work. He often says he came from nothing. Yes. And Jesse, have I been saying, please, for the love of God, will someone look into this? Because this is obviously not true. I mean, anytime you hear someone say this, it's not true. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not true. And of course, it's It's not not true true. for him. (laughs) So in 2022, he wrote a book called Nation of Victims. Sounds like a great book. <laughs> just just name it just name it fucking bootstraps, dude. <laughs> and in the book, he wrote that when he was in sixth grade, so this would be this would place him around eleven years old. Yeah. That his dad was working as an engineer at General Elect- Electric for the past twenty years since nineteen seventy six. So his dad was an engineer at right. General Electric. For over two decades. And went to a top school in India. Yeah, he's from the upper caste in India. Yeah. So when he says his parents came here with nothing, that doesn't sound like nothing. Also, uh, two years after his parents got married, his dad earned his PhD from the University of Cincinnati while still working at General Electric. (laughs) Nothing. I I mean, really... He didn't. They they didn't use the welfare system because they were they were above it. They they, they just didn't believe in it, and also because they were wealthy. <laughs> well, and then you might be wondering, well, what about his mom? Well, his mom already held a medical degree when she moved here to the United States from India in geriatric psychiatry. Yeah. And she obtained a license to practice in Oklahoma less than six months after coming to the United States. You know, poor people. It's the classic rags to riches story. Yeah. And this reporting is from Jessica Chasmar in Fox News. So thank you, Fox News, for this reporting. Also, his net worth is nearly a billion dollars. Yeah, and of course, you don't build that wealth on your own. In order to become a wealthy person in this country, you need to inherit your wealth or you need to build your wealth on the backs of other people yeah. working for you. And that's it. And so obviously we know his story is a lie. He's a liar who loves to lie. And he also is a smug little fucker. I was, I really hadn't consumed much Vivek Ramaswamy content uh, or interviews or appearances and He's an insufferable little turd. He's he's very unlikable. So we're going to start off with some plagiarism. He plagiarized a line from President Obama during the debate. And I've seen commentary on this where people will say that he was intentionally doing that and it just like missed everyone except for Chris Christie, as we'll find out. But I don't know that that's true. I think he was taking this line and running with it and then he got called out by Chris Christie. But here is the the line that he uses and then a juxtaposition with the person who said it originally, President Barack Obama. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. 
who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician. Of a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds. The hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him too. Classic Republican taking what is not yours. Classic Republican stealing. I mean, this is what uh, Melania Trump did during the the Republican National Convention in 2016, where she's ripping off Michelle Obama. It just, uh, it's so infuriating. Yeah, well, and of course, President Obama was so good at what he did in running for president and in building a coalition of people to vote for him that (laughs) Vivek is apparently trying to emulate a bit of that because he's very unlikable. (laughs) And he's like, I need to figure out how to be (laughs) likable. He really is. It's... It's remarkable. Yeah. So Chris Christie, like I said, caught the line and called him out, not immediately after. It took some time, but he got there. Then they are of actual climate change. Governor Governor Haley, are you bought and paid for? Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And... The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. Give me a hug just like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And and you'll help elect me just like you did to Obama, too. Give me that. So... Several things here. One is it, it really does show the the priorities of a Republican audience. These people treated this like it was a, a pro wrestling match. Just, you know, it, it was it was a thousand this guy in the audience. Donald Trump, baby! And from the top of the clip all the way through, it was chaos between the candidates who were... I mean, most of these people are just absolutely pro-Trump and vying to be vice president. Vivek Ramaswamy, chief among them. But this 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 line was attacked by, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene, saying that Chris Christie, it was a racist attack. Mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the <laughs> woman who accepts invitations from Nazi Nick Fuentes to speak at his conferences, is complaining about racism... Okay, great. <laughs> well, again, she seems to be one of the people who wasn't aware of the plagiarizing of the line from... Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Just bereft of understanding or remembrance of history. Yeah. And also very likely, she was not involved in politics in 2004, so has no memory that Obama even said that. Right. So speaking of Vivek, and I mean, you may be listening to this thinking, okay, he's unlikable, he has a terrible personality, like who on the stage is likable and has a good personality. He also has terrible policies and he has vowed to like shutter the IRS and the FBI, the Department of Education. He actually wants to cut the federal workforce by 75%. Yeah. He wants to end Ukraine aid, he wants to like take away the voting rights of millions of people unless they pass a civics test or join the military. He also wants to raise the voting age. From 18 to some, some 21 or something. Yeah, so he's like very eager to disenfranchise voters in this country. But the the 
comments that he made about dismantling the Department of Education during the, d- the debate were particularly troubling. So look, we have a crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue of our time. Allow any parent to choose where they send their kids to school. End the teachers' unions at the local level to allow public schools to compete. And then revive our national identity where every high school senior should have to pass the same civics test that, frankly, every immigrant, including my mother, had to pass in order to become a citizen of this country. And the fact of the matter is, look, there's part of education policy that also rests with the family. I didn't grow up in money. But you know the word privilege gets used a lot? Well, you know what? I did have the ultimate privilege of two parents in the house with a focus on educational achievement. And I want every kid to enjoy that. So part of the problem is we also have a federal government that pays single women more not to have a man in the house than to have a man in the house, contributing to an epidemic of fatherlessness. And I think that goes hand in glove with the education crisis as well, because we have to remember education starts with the family and the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. You know, running on a platform that single moms have it too good is probably going to be very successful for him. In the Republican Party, it will. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> for people who believe that the government is actually paying single moms to just live high on the hog at home and incentivizing them to not seek out a man for partnership. What is so craven about this and disgusting is the fact that, like many Republicans, it's not going to come as a shock or a surprise to anybody, but... He is just a flip-flopping liar. He's a hypocrite. He Just months ago, he trashed Donald Trump and had completely different takes. And here we hear him talking about civics and understanding of our history. Yet in the debate, he said something. I don't think we have a clip of it, but he said something about the Constitution is what led to the, the revolution. The, uh, go ahead. The U.S. Constitution was one is what won us the American Revolution. And the American Revolution, obviously, the Declaration of Independence, signed on July 4th, 1776. <laughs> well, if war had already broken out, and the Constitution, like 1789, September or March of 1789, it's, he's, it's, ahistori- it, it, it's just ahistorical. He, he's promoting ideas that he doesn't even adhere to. He wouldn't be able to pass his own yeah. civics test, his own knowledge test. So, of course, that isn't the most terrible policy. I mean, they're all, you know, when we come down to policy, it's it's not great. It's going to lead to more problems, more devastation. I mean, eliminating 75% of the workforce. What do Republican voters think when they hear that? I would love to know. I mean, what do they think that translates into <laughs> in terms of people working and having jobs right. and, and and spurning on the economy? I mean, you, if you unemployed people, ma- thousands and tens of thousands of unemployed people, what what efficacy is that going to have for a Vivek Ramaswamy uh, administration? Yes. When all of a sudden unemployment spikes to record levels because he's fired 75% of the federal government. Right. And I think he's just angling for VP. Like he, he doesn't actually have a chance of being the party's nomination, but he still is a dangerous figure because he's willing to say whatever it takes in order to gain popularity and gain traction within the Republican Party. 
Now, Ron DeSantis was in the middle of the stage with Vivek because they are the two that are pulling ahead. Yeah. Without, Center stage. Yeah, without Donald Trump being there. And Ron DeSantis didn't get a whole lot of time, but he... When he did, <laughs> he took advantage of it and really turned up the creepy dial. That is very true. And he decided to float out some talking points on abortion that are also very obviously not true. Well, I would say we sold uh, the biggest election landslide victory in the history of the Republican Party in the state of Florida in 2022. That's what I did. We can win. But second of all, look, um, you got to do what you think is right. I believe in a culture of life. Uh, I was proud to sign the heartbeat bill. Uh, I remember one of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. What the Democrats are trying to do on this issue is wrong to allow abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. I know a lady in Florida named Penny. She survived multiple abortion attempts. She was left discarded in a pan. Fortunately, her grandmother saved her and brought her to a different hospital. We're better than what the Democrats are selling. We are not going to allow abortion all the way up till birth, and we will hold them accountable for their extremism. But just to be clear, Governor, would you sign a six-week ban federally? I'm going to stand on the side of life. Look, I understand Wisconsin is going to do it different than Texas. I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are going to do different. But I will support the cause of life as governor and as president. There was a lot of that right there at the end. Uh, A lot of not answering the questions and then not no pressing for an answer to the question. There were a few moments where they were like, yeah, but no, I want an actual answer. But largely, they let Ron DeSantis just slide time and time and time again. Yeah, and many of them, specifically on the federal abortion ban question, dance around it because they know ultimately that in a general election, that's going to be wildly unpopular because access to abortion is wildly popular in this country, especially now that people are starting to see the effects of abortion bans in their states, in this country. And so... He, he doesn't want to answer that. But, of course, they would support it. Of course, of course they want to ban right. abortion federally. So keep that in mind. Remember, remember this moment from a few months ago when uh, Lindsey Graham was making the rounds doing press conferences talking about a federal ban, and Charlie Kirk freaked the fuck out. He's like, what are you trying to do, lose us elections? We can't talk about this. Right. It, they just they took the mask off. They, they, they just told on themselves. It is absolutely the agenda of the Republican Party to pass a federal ban... Because if this is going to be incrementalism. It's going to be get there, death by a thousand cuts, one step at a time down the line after the Supreme Court gave them permission to act as depraved as they want to on abortion. Right. And I want to talk about two things specifically with this clip. So you heard Ron DeSantis like, oh, the most important moment in my life was hearing the heartbeat and looking at the sonogram, acting as though it's somehow a Republican position to value hearing your baby's heartbeat and looking at them on a sonogram like no democrats of course also enjoy the process of listening to the heartbeat looking at the sonogram making the baby announcements like you're not special ron in that way you are not special ron in fact six in ten women who have abortions in this country are already mothers so yeah you know, come on with your attempts to say, "Oh, I'm uniquely, right. <laughs> I'm uniquely qualified to speak on this issue because I heard a heartbeat." And by the way, six in ten women already mothers, Republican and Democrat alike. It's not just Democrat women 
who are having abortions. Republicans also, as it bears out by polling, historical, historical and otherwise, and also the fact that overwhelmingly this country approves of abortion access. So he talked about the person that he met that he says is named Penny that survived multiple abortions and was born in a pan <laughs> and saved on. from a pan. Come on, man. Look, oh, they, they flushed the remains down the toilet and she crawled her way out to the ocean and found a, some hope and someone picked her up from a skiff and put her in a jar and brought her to a hospital. And then when she got there, they tried to kill her again. And yet again, she rose from the act. I mean, come on. What? Multiple abortion attempts? What is he talking about? Well, the same people who are moved by that are also moved by Vivek's story of rags to riches. Right. So this Penny, according to reporting in Jezebel, they, they don't specifically know who it could be, but they think that it's possibly an anti-abortion activist from Michigan and not Florida who has in the past been a spokesperson for Protect Life Michigan. And they have claimed to be born at 23 weeks in 1955 after her parents decided to have an abortion and that she was born at just one pound and 11 ounces and that she was rescued by her grandmother and brought to a hospital in Florida. So that story hasn't ever been fact-checked, probably because there's no way to fact-check that. <laughs> the, 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 the World War II had just ended a decade before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Penny might want to look into the possibility that, like, sometimes when you're young, your parents tell you stories. Like, for example, my parents said we were descended from the Vikings, and... I was told I was a quarter Chippewa Indian until we did the DNA thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was a fucking lie. Yeah, so I, I just want to caution, Penny, there's certain things that you may have been told when you were young that may not be true. Yeah. May not be true. So getting dropped off by a stork could also be one. I don't know if you were that. That's one that you might not be aware of. Maybe her grandma is the stork who swooped down into the abortion pan and then clutched the little room. What, what, what do you call the, the baby parts from the from inner little. They probably don't have claws, storks. They probably just have like, well, pit, they, like duck pads they, they delicately carry the baby in a little bag and it's oh in the in bag the, in the, about the bag yeah. they don't it's not like an eagle talon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the republican candidates were also asked if they could give a show of hands to say whether or not they would support donald trump if convicted now because this is an audio format and you're not going to be watching this video I have the order in which the hands are raised, so I think we should just listen to it, maybe, and then I'll talk you through who's raising their hands afterward. That sounds good. Okay. But we are going to take a brief moment and talk about the elephant not in the room. Former President Trump has been indicted in four different states. On 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Just hold on. 
So just to be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game there, but no, you raised I'm, your hand. No, I'm doing this. Look, <laughs> look, I'm doing this. And I know this. you didn't. Whoa, whoa, no. Come, watch the look, look, here's the here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay. Now, and now, whether or not, whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. And, and, and you know, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. So a lot of booing for Chris Christie challenging Donald Trump and the order of hands first and enthusiastically was Vivek Ramaswamy. Then you had Nikki Haley shortly thereafter, then Tim Scott. And it really kind of happened one by one, as I'm describing it to you. Like if you were to freeze frame, it's happening one by one, slowly raising of the hands. And and if we're if we're, if you're really painting a picture here, Vivek Ramaswamy may as well have been putting his hands straight into the air trying to reach for a basketball net where everybody else kind of just like we're taking the oath yes and then the guy on the end with the eyebrows north dakota governor yes doug bergstrom or doug guy we're not going to remember because he's going to be gone in five minutes he also raised his hand and then what was interesting is ron DeSantis, fantastic leader yeah (laughs) looks to both sides and then raises his hand Tepidly. It was remarkable. Yeah. What was he looking? Did they instruct him? Like, hey, if you get asked this question, just kind of see what everyone else is doing <laughs> and then make your decision in real time. Like a bold decision maker, Brittany. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, like based on how popular it is on stage. Hey, read the room. Make we know <laughs> we know you're terrible at reading the room, but please, for the love of God, make this one time where you're good at it. <laughs> and then Mike hang Mike Pence Pence raised his hand. Uh it, that look. Nobody should be shocked that these Republicans are just, they're cowards and they are they are beholden to Donald Trump. But that was a moment that shocked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was just like, ugh, man. The MAGA crowd at Donald Trump's behest is screaming, hang Mike Pence. And you're like, yep, you betcha. I'll be dominated once again. Yeah, and then Chris Christie, I was kind of confused too. I'm glad Brett Bear said something because it did look like he raised his mm-hmm. hand, but he kind of like shook his hand like kind of. Well, I think what have I watched it a few times because I was what was happening there. In my estimation, what happened was he waited till everybody rose his, their hand and then he rose his hand to say like, hey, I want to say something mm. and then realized, oh shit, my hand's up and then started doing his slashing at the air thing. No, no, no. Right. So just remember that the question was whether they would support Donald Trump if he's convicted, if he's convicted. Yes. And the only people who said no effectively on the stage were Asa Hutchinson, who has no chance. Right. And Chris Christie, who is also polling terribly and is booed by the entire Republican audience every time he talks. So not an ideal situation to be in. But Ron DeSantis was particularly unhappy that there was focus on Donald Trump at all. And really there wasn't a ton. Right. But he didn't like that there was any focus on Donald Trump. And there was a funny moment where Brett Bear finally just had enough of him complaining about it and decided to call him out. Let me just say to Governor DeSantis, we spent an hour talking about policy. Former President Trump is beating you by 30, 40 points in many polls. So it is a factor in the GOP primary. Governor- 
mean, what a way to put him in his place. Well, the whole party, you know, Fox News establishment support is also kind of waning on it. They're they're kind of tired of the the robotic creep ass not being able to smile like a normal human. There were a lot of those moments and it was I, I just how did he get this far? How did he get this far being unable to relate to other human beings like a normal human being? <laughs> like I like, I said this to you yesterday. I could understand stumbling your way into Congress from Florida. I you know, there's a lot of dumb fucks in in Congress from Florida. But to be governor by a 32,000 vote margin and then crush the second time, you really need a host of characters running interference for you. And that's what he has in the legislature in Florida. They're just building the runway to the presidency day by day right before he gets to that place that they've just built for him. So they're like there's a, there's a supporting cast and that must be the way why he's gotten as far as he has. Yeah. Well, there was an interesting moment from Nikki Haley and you don't hear this very often where Republicans will actually criticize their own party for ballooning the debt. Typically, they try to pass it off and blame it on Democrats. Yeah. When really it is often Republicans that pretend to care about the debt. Only when they are trying to seek office, they'll yeah. use this. They'll say the Democrats are spending; it's out of control. We need to rein it in. Yeah, our 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 debt, our debt quote on heavy air quotes here. Our debt problem in the United States started with Ronald Reagan, who attacked Democrats for spending and all the nonsense, and then. Pew, just insane rack up of national debt. Well, and Nikki Haley used this as an opportunity to attack the Trump-Pence administration since Pence kept highlighting the Trump-Pence achievements. Yeah. Scott, you've got Mike Pence. They all voted to raise the debt. And Donald Trump added $8 trillion to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget, Republicans asked for $7.4 billion in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 billion. So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. Vice President Pence. Yeah, good, good for Nikki Haley. I mean, she's always been stalwart. When she was invited to, to, to play a part and be a member of the Donald Trump administration, she said no. It's not like she was the U.N. ambassador uh, under Donald Trump. She wasn't a part of the administration. Oh, wait. No. Yep. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. The Trump and Pence administration. I mean, if she was so opposed, so this is so morally objectionable. Why didn't she get the fuck out? You know, yeah. I'm that liar, hypocrite. Yeah, no, of course. And I'm playing this as a moment that is never going to happen again from Nikki Haley, especially when she, if she were to become the nominee, which would never happen. But you know, if it were, and she she had to pivot then in the general election, she would never say what she just said ever again. For she sure. would never, ever again talk about how Republicans are the problem. Well, also, when <laughs> Donald Trump eventually is the nominee, she's not going to, oh, no, you got to vote for somebody else. He rose the debt by, he raised the debt by $8 trillion. And our kids are never going to forgive us. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
you'll never hear that again. Yeah. You're only going to hear it right now. And maybe if she makes it to the next debate. But it's getting toward the end of the, the time available to use that talking yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So we're going into closing statements, and I'm not going to play all of them. Again, I'm just going to play the ones that I think uh, stand out in terms of the political framework that we're dealing with here. And Vivek Ramaswamy, we're going to play his because, like I said, he has he has no real principles. It's hard to kind of nail him down on what he actually believes because the things that he wrote in his book last year, I mean, they have a theme, right? It's called Nation of Victims. He's telling this rags to riches story about pulling himself by, by up by his bootstraps, believing that other people should do that too. He obviously has terrible kind of general conservative beliefs that would be damaging if implemented, but I don't know how much of the culture war stuff he believes or if he just finds it convenient for gaining popularity. And in fact, people who have known him in the past, there are reports that he's always wanted to be famous. That's been his goal. He's always wanted to be famous. He's like a Ben Shapiro type. Right. So he doesn't care how it happens. He just wants attention. And when you hear this closing statement, you're really going to hear that come through. Ramaswamy. I was born in 1985, and I grew up into a generation where we were taught to celebrate our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all of the ways we are really just the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion in 1776. And this is our moment to revive those common ideals. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. Thanks for letting me introduce myself tonight. And traffic and weather together on the eight of the wacky morning <laughs> zoo, everybody. I'm Vivek Ramaswamy. I'll see you tomorrow. That is, yes, absolutely. Um, that Maybe that's what really grates on me, is the, the fake, over-the-top, enthusiastic, and the Constitution of the United States of America. Just shut the fuck up, dude. Shut up. It's a performance. Up. It's a performance. Absolutely. Yeah. God is real. I love oil. Two genders. Parents should lead the indoctrination of their children. Capitalism lifts us out of poverty. (laughs) You love to see it. Didn't he also say at one time you were laughing about this? My mom works 16 hours a day and uh, capitalism is awesome. Well, no, that was Tim Scott. And and it was the juxtaposition of Tim Scott talking about his mom having to work 16 hours a day. And then later Vivek Ramaswamy saying that capitalism lifts you out of poverty. Listen, I also grew up in a single parent household. My mom worked all day. I remember we would sometimes just never see her. She would come home at night and worked all day long. And we were never going to get anywhere with that. We, We were only going to barely meet our needs with that happening we were never going to build wealth yeah yeah, it's like uh making a minimum payment on your credit card bill you're never going to pay that bill down yeah you're only going to be spinning the wheel and trying desperately to stay in the same place there's no building of wealth there's no getting out of your situation so it's insulting 
frankly, to hear him say capitalism is what's going to lift us out of poverty. Also, it would be a lot more believable if he didn't do it in the fucking wacky morning zoo DJ voice. Yes. So we're going to play Chris Christie's closing statement because I think Chris Christie, listen, if the Republican Party actually wanted to win and they wanted to beat Joe Biden, then they would be backing Chris Christie. And I'm saying that here because no one is listening to this and I'm not going to convert all of the Trump supporters to suddenly start backing Chris Christie. But if they were smart and they actually wanted to beat Joe Biden, they would be funneling themselves behind Chris Christie and putting every effort into having him be the nominee. I think Chris Christie could beat Joe Biden. But that's probably not going to happen either. But listen to his closing statement anyway. Governor Christie. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Martha. Look, everybody on this stage wants to be the next president of the United States. And the only way that's going to happen is if we beat Joe Biden. I'm the only one on this stage who's ever beaten a Democratic incumbent in election. I did it in a deep blue state, being outspent three to one. Beating a Democratic incumbent is not easy. The last Democratic incumbent president who was defeated was Jimmy Carter. And he was defeated by a conservative governor from a blue state who knew how to get results, who stood for the truth, who cared about accountability, and stood strong and hard against waste. Those are the very things that I did in my eight years as governor of New Jersey. And it's exactly what I'll do as president of the United States. Believe me, the Democrats want some other nominee who's never beaten the Democratic incumbent. I'm the one who can win this race. And if you give me the chance, I will restore our country by winning it. Listen, I don't remember. I don't know if I said he would uh, beat Joe Biden or he could, but it is it's a could. Obviously, we don't we can't predict the future. But if anybody has a shot on that stage of beating Joe Biden, it is Chris Christie. Because the the Overton window has shifted so dramatically that people would could possibly be uh, it would it's it's conceivable that they would look at him as a liberal Republican when he's anything but that. Yeah, again, he supported Donald Trump. He was in it with Donald Trump. All of these people were so they are now conveniently going yeah. against him, except for Vivek. I mean, keep in mind. Chris Christie got COVID from Donald Trump while prepping Donald Trump for the 2020 presidential debates. Right. He was in it that late in the game, still just worshiping at the throne of the demigod Donald Trump. Yeah. So Donald Trump did have a competing appearance with Tucker Carlson that he released online a few minutes before the debate started. It was 45 minutes. And we're just going to play maybe the most notable portion of that for you. So you can. It was pretty hard hitting. Yeah, just to make sure you're not missing out on important stuff that Donald Trump is talking about. They love pictures of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand is not that easy to walk through. Yeah, really talking about the real important issues. Where's Vivek Ramaswamy when you need him to talk about the skinny legs on Joe Biden, everybody? Oh, God. So, <laughs> getting to the important stuff. <sighs> it really is. It is a hellscape alternate reality that we're living in. Like, this is the worst possible timeline. It's not great. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. I mean, there's. it's hard to sign off. I remember seeing all these tweets online about the winners and the losers of the debate. And I know it's like cute and obvious, but the, the main loser is America. I mean, yeah. we, are the, we are the losers right now because this is what we're dealing with. I mean, yeah. there were so many lies told. 
it's all this culture war nonsense. It's red meat to the WWE audience. I mean, it's... Yeah, I know it's kind of, it's a line from like a John Mulaney bit, but, it, you know, we did this to ourselves. We elected a demented game show host to, 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 to run the country. Mm-hmm. And he has captured the minds and the interest of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Americans. And we're, we're here now. Yeah. So hopefully this episode has left you more informed about these candidates so that if you sit down with your family members at Thanksgiving, the holidays are coming up, everybody, that you can be prepared to tell everyone about Vivek Ramaswamy's true life story. Also, I think it should leave you optimistic that this largely isn't going to resonate with the American people and they're going to reject Republicans in the general election. It doesn't mean we got to sit on our hands and your vote doesn't matter. But it's, (laughs) I don't know. Let's leave it with me stuttering and stammering, Brittany Page. Let's do it. We'd love to hear from you, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idotitadollamore.com. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.